This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. Kids are inherently open beings. We, we, we have no limitations in our heads. The limitations get placed upon us unintentionally, but that's the way it works, right? The, I feel like the older we get, the more we feel like we have to live, work, talk, whatever, in a certain way. Whoever is it says that we have to fit within that box. I mean, no freaking way do we. We can do whatever we want to do. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Human. Our Awesome Human guest today is Tracy Eaton, a professional artist specialising in creating one-off mixed-media modern art paintings. Tracy's originals are highly sought after due to her individual and highly creative style. Tracy's also certified in occupational therapy and colour psychology, studying human behaviour with colour. Uh-oh, I might be in a bit of trouble here. Her mantras in life are be bold, be brave, be brilliant, which is sensational, and never listen to those who can't. You say you can't. They, they missed a word off my little intro. That's atrocious. I just good help. I know. I should do this shit myself, really. <laughs> Welcome, Tracy, our first professional artist ever in the studio. And we'll get to hear about her Hollywood swag bag for the Ellen Show. And, oh, my God. And the Golden Globes and the Oscars. I don't give a shit about them. I'm an Ellen, <laughs> fan. An Ellen fan. I actually own a pair of Ellen undies. <laughs> <laughs> when we went to America. We should go to her birthday sometime. <sighs> birthday celebration. Let's do that. Hmm. I'm coming with you. Okay. We're there. Okay, cool. So before we even start, before we get into this, how the fuck did you get on? With, what's the go with Ellen? Tell me about Ellen. <laughs> Ellen came from the Oscars, actually. So I I just finished gifting for uh, in gift bags to celebrate the Oscars. And what's that? What's a gift bag? Oh my god, the 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 celebs get given multiple gift bags yep. over the period of that of one awards ceremony, actually, let alone yeah. the whole lot. Yeah, heaps of them. So there is about three or four organisations who primarily do it. And I was lucky enough to be involved in one of those. How did that happen? Got given a name, rang them up, asked the question, and yeah. uh, obviously chatted. They stalked me, I stalked them, our brand aligned, and I'm the only the second artist of, of Australian artist to ever be involved. And I think in total, there's only been kind of like maybe three or four artists around in the world. So it's pretty cool. Congratulations. Mm. And did you get to meet anyone? Did you go? What did you do? I'm all excited I now. Wish. I, 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 I worked so hard <laughs> to try and get on. I, want, I wanted to do the red carpet thing yeah. at, at least at one of the, the events that I was in. So either the, the Globes or the Oscars. Apparently the Globes is a better party. So I'm like, let's go with let's the go Globes. There, yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, no. I oh, couldn't. Okay. I couldn't. But your stuff was there. My stuff was there. And we have a hundred People, um, A-list celebs who have my artwork in their home now, which is pretty exciting. So what was it? Was it a big bit of art, small bit of art, everyone uh, different? Like because obviously single, you're a one-off every artist. Every single one was different. So yeah. it, uh, they were made especially because we had to ship them and they had to fit in the gift bags. How big is the gift bag? It was only like a, I think it's like a 40 centimetre. So I had to do a 30 centimetre, 30 centimetre square. It was yeah. tiny little babies and I normally paint like huge canvases. Yeah, yeah. So that in itself I thought was an interesting challenge initially because I'm like, oh, how are they, you know, are they going to look any good because they are normally so big? Small, yep. But I was pleasantly surprised at how much energy each little one packed. So I was like, okay, I can do this. This is fun. But were they for individuals? Like were you told, well, this one's going to go to this person or that no person? Idea. So they were just like, how many you have to do? Hundreds. So here's a hundred Had 50 paintings. for the Globes, 50 for the Oscars. No idea who they're going to. No. And I mean, ideal world for me would be that I actually did have a list of names so I could research them, get yeah. a sense, a bit more of a sense of who they are so that I could create something that I felt would really resonate with them. Whereas, um, I mean, I'm not complaining. Oh, my God, my art's over there. But it was, oh. yeah, it's very cool. Um, so phase two for me would be obviously knocking on as many social doors as I can to go, hey, Let's hook hey, up. Remember me? <laughs> you need a big piece of art in your in your wall now. So, well, as you might have just realised, I have no idea who's coming on these these podcasts on purpose <laughs> because what I want to do is I want to find out who you are and everything specifically from you. And what I found when I first started doing this is that my view got tainted a little. Probably the wrong words, but I, I actually already had a thought of who these people were before they come on. Yeah? yeah, so I've got a I've got a, a team of people. Actually, now Sarah, my assistant, she she brings she gets them all together, and then but they have to be an awesome human, and otherwise they're not allowed on my podcast. Yeah, cool. So, firstly, you've ticked the first box. 
You've sent some to Ellen, and like I'm just so excited. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been a really good year. So can we start at the start? Let's sure. do that. So what I always like to start <laughs> with normally, as opposed to my Ellen excitement, <laughs> is uh, is what's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? Oh, probably, I mean, haven't really thought about that. But probably at the age of about four, maybe, I think. Oh, that's four, young, yeah. Maybe. There was a doll that I had. I actually kept her right through. Her name was Rosie. So there you Rosie. go. And I remember still getting her, uh, my mum has her stall. Okay. Um, but I remember getting the day that I got her, because it was my birthday, an orange cake and she got given to me in a little pram. So there you go. Awesome, Rosie. Yeah. That's amazing, you know, how when you start to think, and what will happen during this process, I apologise in advance, <laughs> is you'll sit there and go, oh, there was that. Oh, there was that. Because what happens is when you start to think back in your life, all this stuff comes up. And cool. it's really Most times it's really <laughs> yeah, cool. I do, yeah. No, that's no problem at all. It's quite funny. I interviewed a, a, a pretty high-profile dude now in the States, yeah. and I made him cry. And it was the first time I'd ever actually been in a room where I was, like, doing this. And – the guy's in tears. I didn't had no idea what to do. And I'm sitting there going, you're up, right, but yeah, yeah. No, no, it's all, it was, they were happy tears because I was talking about his family and stuff. But still, nice. I, um, yeah, it was a bit bizarre. Where'd you go to school? Where were you born? Where's, let's start back there. Where, I hear, potentially you're in New Zealand. Yes, very much. And I was definitely born you and bred yourself an Australian artist. I was going to pick you up on that earlier. I've been living in Australia for 13 years and, and I've lived in the Gold Coast yep. longer than I've lived anywhere in my life. Oh, so, okay, cool. or adult life. Yeah. Um, so I was born in a place called Masterton, grew up in Hawke's Bay, which is the east coast of the North Island. Mm-hmm. Good wine country. So I was introduced to wine at a, at a perfect <laughs> age. Um, yeah, so great wine country. So, uh, But I left there at the age of 19. Okay. Um, and oh, I don't know, I just needed to disappear. So where did you go to school? Well, where did you go to primary school and all that sort of stuff? Primary school was a very, very small town. Yeah. Oh, not even a town, actually. It was the country's school. Yeah. It took between an hour to an hour and a half. We had a, a long run and a short run, we called it, uh, to get to school and yeah. to get back. So it was obviously all farm-based. How, um, many, how many kids in the school? Oh, look, I couldn't tell you. Probably like if there was, I don't know, my life was 100 maybe. Oh, really? It was so tiny, like very rural. farms come to yeah, the one yeah. central point. But either you went to boarding school, or well, not as a primary, but yeah. as, as a you know high school. Boarding school or um, the school. And do you remember those days, like in the school days back in the primary school and stuff, or is that something you just move on? <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, I do remember them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, good, I think, good, I think, good days, bad days. I think growing up in, in an environment like a farm environment is a great place for kids to learn about life. Um, small towns, less excited about, yeah. uh, especially if you got big, got big dreams and you kind of not afraid to be your own person. Um, but I think growing up in a re- with a really simple lifestyle that farms tend to provide is amazing. And we always like that. We always the big dreamer, and always. I'm not going to be on this farm for the rest of my life. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. what about your parents? Were, were they uh, good with your dreams, or were they like, <laughs> "No, you'll be fine. You'll be a farmer like us." Uh, definitely, they were. You know, definitely going to be a farmer. That yeah. was that was pretty <laughs> evident. <laughs> definitely not. Um, no, they they've always supported me in everything I wanted to do. Maybe not necessarily always understood me, but yep. that's okay. I mean, you don't have that's to understand someone. Understand. <laughs> In fact, my dad and I remember very much just before we were moving over here. So, as I say, 13 years ago. Yeah. But it was at Christmas, we'd had a couple of drinks, and he sat me down. He calls me Tuppence, right? So, Tuppence. the world out there, my nickname is Tuppence. There we go. At the age of 46, he still calls me Tuppence. Why Tuppence? I have no idea. There's no reason. No, no it's just a thing that's, I think, being in the family for so long. So, anyway, we were sitting there, a few drinks, and he's like, Tuppence, I love you, but I just don't effing get you. And I turn around, I was like, Trev, I don't effing get you either. But I can, I swear that was kind of like the perfect thing to say because the moment it was because we both kind of went, you know what, we're very different people, but it doesn't matter. And I actually think from there, obviously the similarities that we do have have come to the fore, which is that we, we're pretty much what you see is what you get. Which is awesome. It's a great yeah, it's way very to cool. Be. Very cool. So, did you have a good relationship with your parents growing up? Yes, I did. Excellent. So, you went from from the small country town primary school, and then we go into a high school. Did you go to boarding school, or where'd you go from? No, there? so we moved from the farm into a town that had three, just over three thousand people. So it's mm-hmm. tiny. It's a big town in New Zealand, isn't it's it? Huge, no. huge. I went to the city. <laughs> Um, <laughs> big smoke, <laughs> big city, and went to high school there. Yeah. So at the age of twelve, yeah, age of twelve, I was twelve when we moved in, and I, I didn't finish high school. Left school before the end of year twelve. Mm-hmm. Is year twelve now? It is yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and then disappeared. And so when you didn't finish high school, was that a good thing, a bad thing? A great thing? Great thing for you, but what about everyone around you? Did they all have their opinions? No, they they as I said, they they knew, they, they, they knew me and they pretty under, they know <laughs> they understood where I was where I was coming from, I yeah. guess. And uh, as I said, always supported me. I was in the final year. I stayed because I was the lead actress in um, the musical that the school was putting on. And what was that musical? Um, it was, oh, my God, uh, Chick with the Guns. She's a girl. Oh, it'll come to me. The Chick with the Guns. Let's just call her that. So I was <laughs> I the lead in The Chick with the Guns. I can't believe I it. it. I can't believe I can't remember who it was. Anyway, it doesn't pop matter. in your head it in about matter. 10 minutes and we'll come out with his name and then yeah. we'll go back and we'll insert it just so we don't. Lose it. Let's not do that. That's fine. So at school, good, bad, ugly? Were you a jock? Were you a a nerd? Were you a total nerd? nerd. It's very, very academic. You weren't the arty farty person that you are now, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. No, I wasn't. I've always always been highly creative, yet I somehow formed this self-belief that it was not something that you could actually form a professional career out of. Okay. Don't ask me where that came you from. Nerd instead. Total. And it was and I, I think fast. I I, I process quickly. So um, academia was not difficult for me to to get my head around. So Isn't that funny because normally the arty farty people aren't the nerds. Like aren't, well, it, it's sort of the brains work a little bit differently. I, so that's awesome. Yes that and it does no, both. I think because if you think about, I mean, you know, any, anybody who is highly successful in business, you've got your own business. You you would get that. I know you've been successful. Um, you're high, everyone's highly creative in that way. We yeah, have to be to think outside the box. 100%. So the only difference is that instead of someone putting a pen to paper or, in my case, chucking some some color onto a canvas, um, the creativity of business owners is literally creating a business. So, I guess there was a there is an aspect in my brain that does think that way. Um, That's an awesome analogy. I've never to, actually I've never thought of it that way. Like I failed school and I failed school because I just had way too much fun and I knew school wasn't for me and all that sort of stuff. However, um, I've been very successful and unsuccessful in business but and it is, I do have a very creative brain. Of course. Because I can look at something and go, fuck, I could actually sell that water. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas as opposed to someone sitting there, oh, it's just for, for a beverage, you know and what I mean? You better it's take like, something or make something out of nothing yeah. because that's how you roll, right? Mm. That's exactly what the creative process is. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. The process is the same. That's pretty cool. Well, that's just blown my mind a little bit, which that's is which is a real – oh, that's great. So we, we <laughs> left – Twice in 10 minutes. Oh, the Ellen thing, I'm still going, oh, that's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we're in high school and then we're sort of coming up toward – how far into year 12 did you leave? Oh, halfway. Halfway. Finished the show. What made the decision go, yep, no, buggy is, I'm out? I was bored. Yeah? So I get – I think fast, like I said, I also mm. get bored fast. Um, We're so, very similar. Yeah. <laughs> so keeping me, uh, keeping me challenged has yeah. always been a, a difficult thing and keeping me focused has always been a difficult thing. I mean, I was saying to someone yesterday, cause they said, Oh, what did you want to do when you were at school? What did you, you know, when you grew up? It's like, well, are we talking when I wanted to be a brain surgeon, a teacher? I wanted to be in the air force, maybe a photographer somewhere in there. I think there was a mechanic. So, you know, you get the idea. I got and bored. that's because the chick on well, Kylie Minogue was a mechanic on Neighbours, obviously. That was the reason you wanted to be a mechanic. Oh, that's right. You're a Kiwi. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> I think so, I was growing up with sons and daughters time, actually. Come on, let's be that's honest. That's where the brother and sister actually – yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> when you look back at those ones, wow. What um, – <laughs> is his vision – so you leave school, where do you go? Do you go to uni? Obviously uh, you can't go to uni, you haven't finished school. Did you go and do a trade? Did you go to TAFE? What'd I wasn't do? interested in studying again. I mean, even though I could comfortably achieve it, I, yeah. I I got bored with that and I wanted to just have some me time, I guess. So I went into managing a um, music store, like CDs and cassette tapes way back then. Yeah. So, I yeah, I got a job managing that for a period and then moved to another store, which was you bigger. Were 17 around this time? So 17? 17 half, yeah. Eight, yeah, 17 half, maybe. Yeah. You know okay. everything, obviously, at that age as well. So yeah. much. I've got a 16 year old daughter. She knows everything. Absol- it's so well, amazing. I was living on my own by 17 and a half oh, in my own house. So yeah. there you go. So the world. You're, you're the, uh, the manager of the record store. Yeah. And then how long did that last? I don't know, a year or so. Okay. And then I moved to another store because was, it was bigger and there was more things to sell mm. um, and then got bored. So by the age of 19, I was like, okay, I need to do something with my life. And I was thinking at this point that, yes, I'll go massively traveling. I had cash in the bank, we'll go traveling. And then I had this little thing in my head going, no, 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 
be serious, get a sensible, do something <laughs> sensible, get a real job. Yeah. So I, I went down and studied occupational therapy. But was that something you wanted to do or is that something the that the little thing on your shoulder <laughs> was saying, yeah, just can't do that? Because I think it was the little idea. thing on the shoulder. So like I said, um, I do get bored, but also at that, also at that time I, I really was always, I always had this, this voice in my head that questioned my ability to really do something and yeah. do something well. So until such time as I was ready, and I think this is where the creativity aspect comes in, until I was ready to embrace being completely open and transparent and some, you know, to a degree, I guess, vulnerable, yeah. there was no way that I was going to embrace being an artist or embrace my creativity because that's a completely vulnerable place to be. Were you painting back then? No. No, no. I realised actually at the end of last year, I came over to Australia when I was 15 and did a student exchange. I was in Cowra for six months, Mm -hmm. which was actually really cool. And I remembered for the first time, talking about old memories, that I did art as a subject for, I don't know, a couple of months, whatever. While you were here. While I was here. Oh, wow. And I painted for the first time then. And then I did one painting and that was it. I haven't, didn't paint again for years. Amazing, isn't it? And I was told, incidentally, that I would... Actually, when I was doing photography back in New Zealand, so yes, creativity was always there. That I would not make it as an artist. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Awesome. Guess what I'm doing now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So you've gone. You've you've managed your shops. Now going to be an occupational therapist. Did you become an occupational therapist? Did you actually treat people? Yes, I did. Absolutely. So we uh, got a degree. Uh, we started out with there was I think seventy odd people in the class who started, mm-hmm. and forty three of us graduated. Oh, wow. So it was very, quite a lot of drop-off, really. Yeah, yeah. So I worked for about three years, two yeah. or three years. Yeah, and I'm primarily in pediatrics, and I did a little bit, a little stint in forensic psych, which was awesome. Loved, like loved it. Um, but the common, I guess the common thread with that whole uh, profession was it's a very holistic way of working with people, and which I still believe in. Um, and, of course, being attracted to colour and anything creative, which I, as I say, always was, it was a real opportunity for me to see really how much impact colour can have on us because of our subconscious resonance to it. And regardless of whether it was a seven-year-old child or a 35-year-old man who had committed a horrific crime, yeah. the reaction was still similar. So that's I was kind of like, that's amazing. That's like so super before cool. you studied the colour stuff? Uh, yes, it was actually. So during that yep. forensic psych period, let's call it that, is that because that's why your brain works as well? Do you find I'm a little bit crazy? Is yeah, it? no, no, because your brain works like mine. It works yeah. at a million miles an hour all the time, and I and I guarantee you can be one of those people that can sit there and do twenty different things, all of them perfect, like all right, and understand if someone asks you a question about like number eighteen, you know exactly what the answer is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why my brain works. And people have always said to me. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't I don't do that. Do it every day. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, why can't you just do one thing? It's because that's not the way my brain works. No. And it's really interesting when you look at that whole psychology of things and you deal with people that are um, psychotic. <laughs> you sit mm. there they go, were, some of them were. And you sit there going, oh shit, am I actually psychotic? Because <laughs> you're thinking like their brain, because you actually understand them. I think that's a good way to look at what it. What I like about that style of thinking is the openness of it. I think that there's a couple, as kids, Kids are inherently open beings. Yeah. We, we, we have no limitations in our heads. The limitations get placed upon us unintentionally, but that's the way it works, right? So at the, I feel like the older we get, the more we um, feel like we have to live, work, talk, whatever, in a certain way. Whoever is, says that we have to fit within that box. I mean, no freaking way do we. We can do whatever we want to do, yeah? So, so when you're dealing with people who are, I think, have um, – challenges in whatever yeah. way that a lot one thing I did notice is they are actually more inherently open um people who are highly creative regardless of what creative medium it is are, are tend to be very open so we feel lots we see lots we think fast we change a lot it's a shiny object mentality 24 7 my uh, my business part is called squirrel syndrome uh, there you go. Mm, so squirrel. Oh, oh Brett's gone over there. <laughs> someone said to me stop chasing multiple rabbits it's yeah, the same thing, same thing yeah. um in saying that, uh, I've spent my life moving around because I get bored. My husband was said to me a while ago for the first time ever, and we've been together 19 years, so he's seen a little bit of me yeah. moving around. Um, I'm more focused than I've ever been. Isn't that amazing? Because you that, yeah, but also because that, that creative spark that you obviously have as well needs to be fed. Yes. So I fe- I'm feeding it all the time now. So I actually have, le- I have less desire to 
look external of myself because it's right there. It's funny. So I've been in IT for a long time, always hated it, but I've made lots of money and it's like, okay, let's continue with that because that's fun. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, when we started podcasting and I started writing books and things like that, to me, I can actually concentrate on that. That's it. That's that creative art form you're talking about. And one other thing you just said there about kids being open. My next book's called Kids Aren't Born Assholes. They're taught to become <laughs> assholes. It. They totally are. Because it's the surroundings that they have. And the thing that I find is it's really interesting watching a seven-year-old child, like you mentioned. And like I've got four kids. So I've got nine, ten, they're my boys, and my girls are 14, 16. And the difference between the 16-year-old and the 10-year-old, unbelievable. Yeah. But. She was like him. Like that was like they look like twins. <laughs> they acted exactly the same. And she sits there and shakes her head at him. And you sit there going, "But that was you." That was you. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And I just find it really interesting how they all change to their surroundings. I think it's because we forget to play. We forget how to play. Hundred percent. And the coolest thing about having a business that is based on creative is that I get to play every day. Every day. You it. get to play every day. Mm. And the more that I mean, I guess if there was one thing that I could encourage adult human beings to do would be just to play. I don't care if it's jumping in a mud puddle because it's right there and you go, oh, my God, I haven't done that since I was six. <laughs> do it. Yeah, Remind sure. yourself what it feels like to be open to play. But you mentioned your husband. Mm-hmm. How did that all happen? When did you meet him and how did that happen? My best friend, his younger sister, it's all her fault. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, we are so – this is scary. My One of my best mates. <laughs> yeah. His younger sister's best mate is my wife. We met when she was 17 and, yeah, we've been married 23 years this year. Wow. We've been, we met, I was 28, he was 32. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And we've been together ever since. Amazing, we lived, We moved together six weeks after we met. Because you just knew. We just knew. Yeah. And I was, I'm not that sort of person actually. i <laughs> not, I was actually quite a skeptic. I wasn't, didn't care if I didn't get married, all yep. that stuff. Met him, I'm like, Wow. Wow, cool. I think I could be happy there. <laughs> and is he the complete opposite to you? Uh, in a lot of ways. Yes. He, there is definitely some similarities, but he's very practical, pragmatic, process-driven, precise, all the things that I – That's perfect. That's right. And those are the things that I have learned to be, become when I need to, particularly yeah. in business, but my natural state is not quite – case in point, you open the drawers, right? You put your clothes, my clothes just – shoved in there everywhere house looks tidy but it's total chaos underneath open up wanes and it's just like perfect you then messing up i sometimes do <laughs> he does the washing so i haven't a chance <laughs> i love doing that just you know that that goes <laughs> there all the time way. so i just we'll move just it over there it. yeah that'll be good <laughs> haven't got ocd though <laughs> <laughs> so he's you met through your friend mm-hmm. and then obviously six weeks later you're we living together yeah, yeah. Yep. That's amazing. Like it, it's, I think it's really important that when you meet the right person, you have a crack. He's a beautiful soul, and I, you know, you live life once, and you so live. That was in New Zealand. That was in New Zealand. Yeah. And you know, my my mentor, as you said, be bold, be brave, be brilliant. Who we'd not be? Like, how can we limit ourselves, and how can we not experience something if it's right there and it feels like you should give it a go, give it a go? Do it. That's awesome. And so, when, how, and when did you make the decision to come to Australia? Well. Actually, um, I got bored again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working uh, selling photocopiers at the time. Oh, actually, sorry, I'd Hang moved on, on so from photocopiers. Gone, we've got an occupational therapist. Then you oh, did yeah. your colour therapy stuff? No. No, that was later? No, so I went from occupational therapy to yeah. sales. sales. So I spent basically 20, well, 15 years or so in sales in lots of different industries mm-hmm. and different jobs. So we sold um, medical equipment, wheelchairs and specialised seating. I was, you know, sticking with the health thing for yeah. a while. And then got check of that. So I went into, oh, what did I do then? Telecommunications. Okay. And then we moved cities. Yep. So I got another job selling photocopiers. And then I got bored with that. So I. <laughs> you would have been a good photocopier salesperson. I was, there was only two girls in the whole country, which was interesting. Me in the mm-hmm. South Island and another woman in the North. Did you just smash her? Oh, were, you the, were you the queen? Well, we were competitors. I mean, so did you beat her? Well, we never sold in the same territory, uh, so I couldn't tell you. I so you that. well, <laughs> she she was pretty apparently pretty good, but yeah. I was good too. <laughs> she was good, but I was better. Yeah. So then we sold insurance and then mortgages. Love it. So the only thing I haven't sold is cars and real estate, 
And I kind of decided I didn't want to do that because I wanted to keep my weekends free, which is funny though, because now, and even when I was running my own digital marketing company, because that can happen later, Mm. um, I was working and I still do work on the weekends anyway. So I'm like, yeah, that really worked. <laughs> so you were selling photocopiers and then what, you decided to come here or how did that happen? Uh, we came here because, um, as I say, I needed a change. It had been four and a half years in Christchurch and that was a lot until that point. Uh, that the, That's the longest I'd ever lived anywhere. Mm-hmm. I move around I've a lot. i some very sad news recently in Christchurch. Yeah, horrid, horrid. It's unbelievable. Especially after so everything with the earthquake and everything. Yeah, so hopefully no one was affected that. Is, Not that uh, I know of. We've yeah. still got friends there, but it's it's definitely a terrible thing for them to have to deal with. Yeah, no, it's, mm. sort of, um, it's not something that we anyone likes talking about. But I think um, the New Zealand Prime Minister's done an amazing job. She's handled it exceptionally well, actually. Mm, she's done she's done really well, and even when she stood up in Parliament yesterday, so I'm never going to mention that guy's name. And that that to me was the strongest thing anyone from any political party anywhere in the world's ever said. I know this is a social media post going around in relation to the same thing. So oh, that, that? I would say that obviously followed on the back of that yeah. statement from her. Yeah, no, it was very, um, very, very good. But mm. uh, obviously a horrible thing and that's that's the world at the moment. It's, Terrible. It's, but it's, it's all bred from fear. Like someone was someone said, oh, it's hatred. It's actually, it's more than hatred. It's based in fear. Mm. And until such time as people just like let go of that and actually learn about the real people, yes. then it's not going to change. No, it's very, very true. Mm. We'll get back into the happy stuff now, so I apologise for bringing you down. So you were in Christchurch and thought, hey, we're going to move. Yeah, so we decided at the time that... um, Was that a big decision or was that like you just Well, it actually was because we were were doing pretty well where we were um, and things were nicely secure. So from someone who... You hadn't sabotaged <laughs> security much. Yeah, well, I'm I sorry. did sabotage it because we moved yeah. here. <laughs> we definitely sabotaged it. You need to read my book and then go through, oh, that was, oh, that was me too. <laughs> this book's about me. Maybe I could have written the book with you. <laughs> you <have>. yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. We'll have a look at that. We'll compare um, yeah, so, photocopy sales. <laughs> exactly. So um, Labor was in Parliament, in power at the time. Over there or over, here? Over there. Okay. And we decided that we, we were desperately wanting National to be in power. We're like, that's it. We're done with the welfare state. We're out of here. Yeah. If Labor get in one more time, we are gone. And, and they did. did. So we left. Well done. <laughs> no, but here's the kicker. Yeah. The year we moved over here was the year that John Howard got voted out and Labor got in. Oh. So we're like, oh, my God, we bought it with us. Rudd. The Rudd Gillard years. We did. We so Not did. going to go there. Yeah. That was the worst <laughs> time in Australian history. Yeah, and we were proudly, proudly here. <laughs> Good time to arrive, though, because it, could, it couldn't Great get time. any worse. <laughs> so at least you lived through that period. So you came here. You to, what, what did we jump into? We're going to just arrive in the country and find a job? Uh, yeah. Nice. So we moved to Brisbane first um, and I started working back into the corporate sales. So I had an executive sales position for only six months up there and then we moved down here. So I commuted for a while and went, Mm -hmm. oh, that's not for me. Uh, And then transferred with that same company into a role down here as well. So, uh, yeah, so I I was planning. What were you selling? uh, phone systems and, and data networks, communications, mobile phones, all that really technical stuff, which is so funny coming from me. <laughs> People are like, oh, do you know how to use this? I'm like, no, I no. just sell that shit. I don't know how to use it. <laughs> My God, don't ask me anything serious. Let's not get technical at all. <laughs> don't do that. I've got people for that. So how long did they last in that role? Um, oh, look, don't quote me, maybe all up between the two of them. Maybe two years, year and okay. a half. Year and a so half. That's about got my you norm. Established here. It did. It did. And where to live and pay the rent, and do all that sort of stuff. And, and what about Hubby? Did he get a job? Uh, he, uh, he came over and was worked with our brother-in-law who was here at the time. Oh, okay. So he had family. For sure, they were here for nine months when we were here. Um, yeah. and they set up an internet business. Mm-hmm. So Wayne worked in that space for about two years, and then um, whilst. Yeah, he, he, he kind of moved on from that and went into, oh, no, no. He came and did photocopies again for a bit. Nice. And then, but didn't like where he was at. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so when was the day we picked up a paintbrush and we've gone, oh, actually, let's have a little scribble again? I had, well, I guess the closest thing you could say to a bit of a burnout, really. So I remember walking into work um, and 
I'm not a panic attack kind of a girl and literally walked into work, opened up the doors and could not breathe. It was kind of like, oh, my God, I've got to get out of here. I am suffocating. And it was so overwhelming that I walked out and I quit, which is not my personality. Yeah. Um, and then I went shopping to feel better. Because, you know, do. I just quit and yeah. it made me feel much better. I quit. I haven't got any income I haven't anymore. Got any money Let's, go Let's go spend, spend the whole cash. lot of cash. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the logic That's there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. And as I was actually walking out the mall, out of the mall to head home, uh, I walked past an art store and I was saying to the, when I was presenting this morning, louder and clearer than anything in my life. You talked before about the little voice on a shoulder. Yeah. It was so not the little voice. It was screaming at me, yeah. you need to paint. So I walked into the art store, bought up, I can't tell you what, whatever they probably told me to buy. Who knows? I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know what I needed. I'd never studied before in art. Um, went home and painted for two and a half years. Wow. Hmm. So Solidly. I bet you get home from work. You're covered head to toe in darling, paint. Darling, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not selling anymore. I'm an artist. <laughs> Look, like, here's oh. the studio I created. The poor man, I tell you. Yeah, I feel the same for my wife. <laughs> I'm hearing it. I'm so grateful to his, his stability and I just look sometimes and go, oh, my God, having to deal with my changes. So you painted for two and a half years. And what did you paint and why did you paint it? Um, I painted really, I think, more to heal myself mm. and, and to uncover. Uh, whilst, uh, once again, I would say this is, is very subconscious. I, I was just needing something to, I guess, kick me back into gear. Um, and painting absolutely does that for you. It, 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 was a, it was a little more like an outlet. Very much. And you it, let all your emotions out. Yeah. So those early paintings, anger, fear, what are they? Uh, no, there's still a lot of, there's actually still a lot of beauty and happy in them. Yeah. Uh, some of them actually, they're, yeah, there's some of them look very, I would say lonely. I look at them and feel lonely when okay. I see them, and I think that was definitely a, a space that I was yeah. in at that time. Also the unknown because you, you, you've you obviously quit your job, gone to an art shop and gone, didn't hey, e- let's paint. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I can honestly say I didn't even think about Amazing. it. Amazing. That sort of stuff just didn't kick in. I, mean, I guess we, in fairness that we had some the finances to be able to deal, but I didn't think about the longevity of yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> and normally I would I, I would do that. When did actually tap you on the shoulder and go, Honey, <laughs> sort it out. We might need to start thinking about this. It was actually me, wasn't him? Was it? It was those little voices in my head yeah. again. That's like, hey, get a real job. So in two and a half years, we went from never having really painted at all mm. to that's when I started selling internationally for the first time, which was amazing. And how did you sell internationally for? The first um, time? I ran little baby, little baby exhibitions here on the Gold Coast in hotels. Not galleries, but in hotels. So yeah. I'd rent out a space and it would be open for people to come have a look. Great idea. Thank you. We so international tourists. We did, and yeah. they bought. So we started. What were the paintings of? Were they? Did you go there in the Australian route or did you go down still that emotions, whatever you were I sort of painting? very emotionally based. But there was definitely there were a mixture of nature and people. So okay. I was kind of, I mean, I, my God, I was totally exploring what this whole painting thing was all about let alone painting and exploring what I needed yeah, yeah. as well. So uh, I look back on them now and go, okay, interesting, because <laughs> the, technically they're, they're not what I would do now. However, the thing that hasn't changed with my artwork is the energy that they emit. And, and if anything, all that's done is like me painting for the last 12 years off and on now and obviously full-time now, all that's happened is that I'm more comfortable with bringing that energy in yeah. so they're even stronger. And also, I think once you get to, and this is it might come across the wrong way, but you give less of a fuck. And once oh, you start, totally. once you start giving less of a fuck right. about things, it just all happens. I said that to some exactly. I said that to someone this morning, and they're like, "Oh, you know, what if someone doesn't like your work?" I'm like, "Someone else will." <laughs> exactly. Um, and and you're right. Who cares? It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But you are right. It ta- it took me a long time. It takes I think it takes people generally a long time to realize they don't have to give a shit about what people think. 100%. Live your life the way you want to do it. Yeah. Well, one of my favourite books is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. High five moment. I love <laughs> that, that book. Love that book. And the, the fact that you've got one bucket of fucks to give in your whole life, don't <laughs> give wisely. them all away. Exactly. <laughs> and like mine's nearly empty, not nearly empty, but there's not much left in there. So they're going to be really chosen. So. Me too. Because for so long we all do. We all just give a shit about what other people think, say, You're all that sort of guessing. Stuff. all the time. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine today because I, you know, I still have my moments. We yeah, all do. Course. Rang her up, I'm like, this and this, I'm happy with doing all this. She's like, dude, you know this, trust yourself. I'm like, 
all right, cool, I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want to do then. She went, well, that's pretty much where you should be at. So, And it's who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of. dude, it's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you need to be reminded of that. And yeah, and the thing is that you do get yourself in those situations where if you do start second guessing yourself, it's like they're really big second guesses. And oh, they're huge. And yeah. and also life gets hard again. And life is not meant to be hard. No, we get one lower. We do. A friend of mine's actually in Sydney at the moment because his mum's got really bad cancer. And oh. we would. I was talking to him on the phone earlier. I was trying to make him laugh, and we just started having a chat. And he goes, do you know what? Cancer sucks. And I went, you know what? That's going to be my social media thing now. Cancer Cancer sucks. sucks. Fuck it. Fuck cancer. Fuck you. Because (laughs) the thing is, this this, this woman has been an amazing woman all her life. She's She's brought up all these kids. She's done nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets bitten by this thing and it's just fucking horrible. Mm -hmm. And whereas there's all these other wankers (laughs) in the world that you wish got bitten by that shit. Who still carry on. 100%. I agree. So- your original first piece of art, that first little drawing, do you still have it? Yes, I do. It hangs in my studio. What is it? Well, it's a really bad representation. <laughs> no, it's not. It is now looking back. Once again, technically. No, actually, it's, it's a… Um, so do you find that now you get a lot more technical because you've been doing it so long that you no, find you, do- you critique it more? Uh, uh, yes and no. So um when I look at that first painting I see the things that I would do now because I understand how to do it whereas when I did that painting for the first time I didn't know what I didn't know so but did you teach yourself all this yes. or have you been taught anything no, no. have you ever done an art class three three wow maybe four they now claim that they were the teacher I don't know. I don't even know where she is anymore. Maybe she did. She's got these. If you're out there, darling, and I don't even remember your name, I'm sorry. But if you're out there and you want to own me, you own it. (laughs) (laughs) Critically acclaimed artist, Tracy Eaton, was taught by me. Exactly. But I think um, I was having this discussion with someone else last week about um, being self taught and how so many creative people are self taught. Um, And I love that because. I said I actually had a nice debate with this person last week because they have a degree, which is great. That's just fine. They technically that's right. You can't tell me that the all the old masters of art had a degree. They taught them so they did whatever the freak they wanted to do and they painted the way they wanted to paint. And not having boundaries imposed on us because you don't I don't I've never been told how to do something, what colour goes with what. I'm like, that looks good. I'm gonna try mm. that. So there is no boundary. Which is awesome. Like I went to university for a day. That's all I lasted. So (laughs) I'm with you on that one. (laughs) I love having that argument. But I do that in business. Like I've never been taught. I've learnt lots. And the way I've learnt lots is by losing a fuck ton of money. Another high five, my Like the whole thing is like that's the way we've learnt through the process. To me it's very similar to your art. It's like you do a bad painting and you do a good painting. This one sells for never (laughs) and this one sells for millions. You know what I mean? It's like it's the same thing in that creative space. You know what's really – you are dead right, but what's exciting about something you just said, which is make all of the the learnings that you've had, everything that I have done – in terms of business and in my guess in my life, as an, especially as an adult, um, all the choices I've made, all the not-so-flash choices I've made has led me to the point where I'm at now, which has meant that I can actually be far more open and far more willing. And I think what's happening is that you, be, you just, you just you, you'll grow so much faster. It's amazing, isn't it? Very cool. And isn't it funny, once you actually open, <laughs> everything just happens and it all comes and things happen for a reason and you realise that – Yes, I can do that. There's there's Absolutely. no negativity in there at all. And I have I go through these little phases where I'm like, oh, you know, shall I, shan't I? And I still have the the odd. I, I call it my humble art moment. Yep. But it, you know, it's like, oh, what if no? What if no one wants to buy my work? I'm like, slap yourself about the head, Trace. Get on with it. Exactly. Give yourself and an uppercut. Exactly. Done, so yeah. I think it's important to realize that even when you're, I mean, you're open and you're in flow, you can very quickly see the signs of you. Blocking yourself because mm. shit stops. Hundred percent. So, you're a self sabotager. Oh yeah. yeah high five again. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those. And it's very good to be consciously aware of that behaviour. Actually, oh my god. The biggest thing I learned is that it used to be everyone else's fault. <laughs> when you take full responsibility for your actions and you take responsibility that actually I could have made that choice or I could have made that decision or I shouldn't have went into business with that fuckwit. All those different things. When you say actually that's on me. 
Yeah, I was different. I, I didn't always blame every, the external. Oh, I blamed I myself completely. Oh, so I was I was self sabotaging because of whatever reason I didn't think I could deal by myself. Yeah. Okay. So so different. Same same but different. Same same but different. Yeah. Um, same result. I also heard a rumor, and the reason we're oh, in this we're, we're having this wait, discussion wait, I'm sitting down. Yes. <laughs> is you're also an author. Well. Kinda. What's kinda? You have a published book. I have book. a published book, yes. Yes. And what's your published book about? Uh, it fuses art, inspirational quotes around the meanings of each colour because there's 15 different chapters. Each one, each chapter is a different colour and I talk about the emotional response that we have to those colours. Wow. Yeah. Um, so inspirational quotes that showcase examples of those colour those color meanings and then obviously how to use those colours in business or in your environment. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of like a life and business Bible, I reckon. So what, out of everything in that whole book, what's your favourite inspirational quote? My mantra, my life mantra was the first one that I wrote for it. So I've, I've, I've had that oh, on maybe three years that I've been, wow. and that's been in my head. Yeah. So when I decided to, like, let's do this, I'm going to put this all into writing, then without question, my be bold, be brave, be brilliant was in there. That's awesome. Mine is don't be a dick. That kind of works too. That's, that's my favourite <laughs> quote in history. That should be a title of a book. It should be. It should be and actually probably will be in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got my next book planned. But What's I don't your know, next book? I can't tell you that one. Why? It's gonna, all I can tell you is it's going to link to uh, an exhibition that I'm doing next year, which is all about human connection. Awesome. Hmm. So my favourite artist at the moment, it's other me. than you obviously, <laughs> Because I'm so afraid with your artwork, um, he's Ando. Oh yeah, he's cool. Massive Ando. He's very fan. cool. I love I love the show that he's got where he actually brings a celebrity and he interviews them while he paints them. Yep. I think that that's an because what he's not doing, he's not just painting the picture of the person. He's painting the, he's painting the person. He's painting, and that's the bit I think I love about it. And the fact that when the picture comes out, you sit there and go, "Wow, that's actually not just a picture. That's that what he was talking about and the stories and all that sort of stuff." And to me, I get that same feeling out of yourself mm-hmm. is the fact that you don't paint just a picture, you paint the feels if you want to you be. You have absolutely taken my little wee tagline. I said to the Gold Coast Writers Association on Saturday that painting to me is not about putting a pretty picture on the wall or making it or creating a pretty picture. In fact, it's got nothing to do with that. Mm. It's actually got to do everything to do with um, creating something that it draws an, a, an emotional response from someone. I don't care whether you like it or you hate it. You've still got an emotional response to it. response, whether it's good, right. bad or ugly, it doesn't That's really right. matter. And, and how we do that is through understanding who it is I'm painting for. So Ando does a great job of really getting inside the head of, of his subjects. Yeah. And the more that we understand the people we're painting for or with, I should say, the more likely we are to create something that has the energy that they need or aspects of themselves in it. So I don't paint realism, of course, because one, I get bored. Hmm. That seems to be a commonality in this conversation. There's a theme um, to this. Um, but more important, I literally stop breathing, by the way, if I'm doing anything too detailed. I'm like, really? that's it. So I'd rather be kind of like out there and free-flowing. Anywho, uh, realism to me means if I'm painting a painting of you and I'm doing any You're very attractive re- painting. <laughs> of I can course. Tell you that. Yeah. And, it, and it has to be realistic. I have to paint you exactly how I see you, how I physically see you, how you physically present. Whereas painting the way that I do and the way that Ando does is, is taking the essence of you and yeah. maybe pulling out features. Like I did a painting of a mum and, and her son. Her son had the most amazingly cool black afro hair yeah. and she had bright blue eyes and blonde hair. So – Whilst the painting that I created was abstract, the outline of their forms were there, what I highlighted were those three things. So the moment you saw it, you knew exactly that it was them. That's amazing. Hmm. Cool. So now you've obviously got, you've done the Ellen thing. <laughs> I You've done the Golden Globes and Oscars and stuff. Ellen. And yeah. Ellen, obviously. And But you've created the little pictures. So you've created the 30 by 30 pictures of those. And you have no idea who has them? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, that's even Oh, better. yes, very yeah, much. Okay. So we got told within kind of two days of post uh, each award ceremony who was gifted the pieces. So and, and what bit they were gifted? Unfortunately, no. Because okay. oh, they they're already wrapped anyway. I had to pre-wrap oh, okay. everything. Yeah, so. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know what piece has gone to whom, even though I have been politely going on any social channels. Hey, guys, what do you think? Let me know. What's yeah. going on? What one did you has get? Has anyone like, come back to you? 
Uh, yes, we've got five people who are now um, actively connected to, which is pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Any names you want to drop? <laughs> not on, a, not a name dropper. Go on. We've had Jim Carrey, Emma Watson, Emma Stone, um, um, Sam Elliott. That's the first ones I can think of. And did you know those people there are actually amazing people in there? Are amazing. They, like they're they're good actors and stuff, but. To me, those people are actually good people. Yeah, that's, what was, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, so they they, have they've obviously seen what you've passion. done. Yeah, 100%. They've seen what you've done and just gone, wow, I, I can feel that. The cool thing about Jim, Jim Carrey is he actually hasn't got one of my artworks yet. So I have yet to ask how on earth he started following me. Like, where did he find me? So I, I wow. should do that, actually. Do that. I need to do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Come back and let us know. Yeah. Uh, the way I love to finish these is for some quick fire questions. Okay, are you ready? Yep. Who's the person who's most influenced your career? Obviously that teacher you forgot a name <laughs> in that one art class you did. Most oh. I'd probably have to say my husband. Yeah. Not through any other reason but the fact that he has always encouraged me to be the best person I can. And he puts up with you. And he puts up with me. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. My wife fits into the same picture. Yep. Favorite food? Potato chips. Oh, no cheese. Oh, that's a tough one. Tough call. And potato chips, are they crisps or are they like no, hot chips? No, no, crisps. I like the salt. Um, mm. Oh, that's a really tough call. Is it? Yeah, I have them every day, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll let, we'll let you go with that one. Thank you. Favorite song? I'm only allowed one. Mm. That's a bit harsh. Mm. I write the rules. I don't follow rules. I know, you're going to come out with six. You're going to come out with a playlist yeah, now, aren't you? Much, actually. I was going to say, what's on, my, what's on my Shazam list? That's like six or seven hours worth of uh, favorite song. Me, myself, I, Joan Armatrader. Favorite place in the world? Hmm. I would just have to say any beach in the history of ever. I love the ocean. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. What's next? <laughs> well, I'm about to start tower from workplace-wise, the next three towers for the development here on the Gold Coast. So I'm painting Ruby, them. Yes. So what are you doing in there? Uh, we are providing artworks for all of their floors. When you say we, is we? Oh, we's is the we... brand. We is the brand. So okay. people laugh because my, my brand name is my name. So that's just so I wouldn't forget who I was. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you can look at I your business card. I don't want to think too hard. Oh, yeah, that's me. That's me. I don't want to think so too hard. So what's we? We is. Uh, as in W-E? Not as in we, as in the team. Yes. Yeah, so who's the team? The team would be, would be, is me. Uh, Wayne, who's my yeah. husband, he does all of the uh, framing the because we build everything in house okay. and installation. So we've got another guy who helps him. The team of people who I have who do our reproductions as well. So um, he's he's based up in him and his team is based up in Brisbane. Yeah. Um. So we encompass that, that's the key ones, but we encompasses, I guess, what the brand is, not just me. I feel okay. like my business, my business is is it's not just it's you. not. Yes, it is me, but it's not me as well. People will not buy my work if they don't like it, and they don't like me. That's okay. Mm. Um, and the brand is dependent, of course, on me being me. <laughs> but that's awesome. <laughs> but it, the brand is also bigger than me. So with with the Ruby development, yeah. Yeah. with the three tower development in Surface Paradise, four sorry, four tower. How many ponies? Well. Uh, we have, there is, I've just got to count all the floors, um, 210 originals. Yeah. We've been contracted for or more. So the yep. first tower, for example, we were contracted for 29 originals and we did 36 plus 142 reproductions. Wow. So I, I'm hoping, well, I'm in discussions to ensure that there is actually even more going through in the next few towers. So did they approach you or did you approach them? I actually met the sales and marketing manager at Women in Tourism, so I'm a okay. member there yep. and we caught up. Networking. Networking. Ne- but networking work. in your targeted audience. 100%. I'm not, I always say to people, I'm not interested in being all things to all people. Mm. I know the audience which I, who I want to specialise in and that's what I'm going for. I love the fact that you started by having that in hotels. I love the idea of, t- of and, tourism. And the fact that you can put a, you're literally putting eyeballs 
on physical eyeballs, not just on the internet, mm. onto pieces of art. It's amazing. And physical eyeballs for, for me, call me old school, but to me is so much more important because from an art perspective, it's very hard to really showcase what art feels like yeah. on from a photograph or online. You've got to be in front of it. Um, and the people that I engage with, obviously we can engage in a far more exciting way when we are face-to-face. Um, and tourism for me is the perfect industry because I am getting to touch people's hearts from all over the world from one place. Amazing, isn't it? Hmm. Well, it's funny. I was, I was with um, someone last week and she was trying to work out what she was, what she wanted to do, what she wanted to be. And we came up with the analogy of the human API. So an, a, an API on a computer is obviously where a database yep, yep. speaks to an application. Well, I was saying to her, but that's you. You actually go and you physically speak to all these people and you bring them together. Exactly. You're that's the human cool. API. And I've gone, that's genius. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, but the thing with that is it's the same with same in your business is the fact that those actual eyeballs are completely different to Every time. the online eyeballs. Yeah, we walked into... You want both, obviously. but <laughs> we, we, we need both. Mm. Um, how At the same time, I'm going to say that not everyone's going to buy my artwork. So for the that's fine too. No, no, totally fine, totally fine. I guess what I'm saying is we need both. We need both online and physical connection. Um, for me, the importance is the physical connection because there will be less than more people who will have my work. If that makes sense, I don't need to sell a hundred thousand pieces of art in a year. I need to sell pick a figure, however many it's going to be. But in the event or when I sell a hundred thousand pieces of art in a year, bring it on. But I'm not going to be able to physically paint all of those. So uh, I, uh, that excites me that for the first time in my business career, uh, my business actually is always going to have to have me as a part of it, mm. which is very different. People say, you know, highly successful businesses, remove yourself from the equation. When well, we remove myself and I don't have a business. Um, so that's why I think the physical connection is so important. So my brand is all about being exclusive, having personalization and making sure that, you know, if I'm going to create something, it is unique to you and mm. having that, that, luxurious feel because of that so there's no way that I want to compromise that by just chucking myself out everywhere online or you know in the places that won't work that's amazing well you know I'm so glad I met you and as far as I'm concerned you're an awesome human thank you so So much thank you thanks so much for coming on the podcast I really (laughs) appreciate it and get out there and buy a Tracy Eaton book yes definitely Perfect. Head to my website. Indeed. What's the website? TracyEaton.com. Tracy is spelled T R A. Are we writing this down, C-I-E? people? Yes. E A T O N. Love it. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks. Thanks so much. See ya. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And what an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macker and look out for more Meteorate podcasts.